Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 520. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weeking Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week, except for the news at Star Wars Celebration. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out April 19th, 2023. Three. We follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, which this week will be some of the news that we don't talk about in the Week in Geek, because we're going to be talking about Star Wars Celebration 2023 for our main topic. Yeah. 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 Guys, there's one thing that I love more than Star Wars, and that drinking? is drinking beer with my friends. And yeah. uh but since I don't have any of those on this podcast, I'll drink beer with you guys. Hey, ah. uh, you guys are my best friends. You know that. Uh, John, you don't like it when I throw it over to you to uh, talk about <laughs> beer because you say you don't need it thrown over to you. But I'm throwing it over to you anyway. What are you drinking? It. I, uh, I am drinking uh, from the beer cellar a barrel aged 10 fitty from Oscar Blues. Uh, Imperial Stout, aged in bourbon barrels, 12.5%. And this beer is from 2020. And it is still delicious. Uh, It traveled during the move. It survived a flood. It is... uh, It is... It is very good. Uh, It is the Moses of beers. It's done it. Part of the seas, two plagues. Uh, but it is—it's uh, very good. It's incredibly smooth. It's perfect drinking now. Um, I would hate to hold this a little bit longer and let this go any farther because it could just totally disappear. The bourbon's there. There's just a small, little, mini amount of heat that you kind of feel going down um but also incredibly smooth at 12.5 percent it drinks like you're just drinking a itty bitty stout like there's no way you would know that this is that high of abv and it is just darn good darn so, good uh, where can our listeners find that 2020 aged beer is there a place that you go to get that well, they need to get a time machine <laughs> okay. uh, and go buy it. But you can probably still find 2023, which I'm going to drink after this. Um, you can probably still find that around and uh, get it and hold it for two years. Okay. So two years, you're saying, is the max. So. I think two years is perfect. I A year to two years, I think, is... Is, you need uh, to take it out of a beer fridge for like a couple days for a move to like really get that age on it. Maybe have it survive a uh, a flooding of locusts. Yeah, um, yeah. I, this is this is the first year they did it in um, twelve ounce cans. Before they used to do it in the stovepipe can, um, the nineteen two. So. Yeah, I'm, um, I was gonna. I was trying to think about when I had uh, the le- uh, one before this in 2019 or that, but 
I think Stovepipe was where it was at before that. So, but I hear you guys are a bunch of uh, Sour Patch Sour Patch Boys. Oh, we're the Sour Patch Boys today. Yep. I said totally non-trademark infringement, Chris. I I said Batch Boys. Yeah. Not Patch Batch. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. see, totally mm-hmm. non-trademark infringement right there. We're good. Yeah. We're good. Chris wants no. to I, I picked up sours the- because he picked up sours. So what sour yeah. are you drinking? Uh, I'm starting off, and all my beers tonight are going to be from Hidden Springs Ale Works over in Tampa, Florida. And I'm, I just went to the fridge and I just grabbed one randomly. So there's no rhyme or reason to how I'm going to be drinking things tonight. Uh, but I'm starting off with their El Diablo, and this is a tiki drink inspired sour ale with black currant, ginger, lime, and lactose at five percent ABV. Uh, I have never had a El Diablo before. Uh, so I looked it up, and it's basically, yeah, it's tequila uh, with lime juice and ginger. It sounds delicious because I like ginger. I like a little, like, zest of lime and stuff. Um, this is absolutely fantastic. The It's not like a – I'm trying to think, the masagave. Like, this is much more lighter than that. It's a lot easier drinking. It is very limey. Like, it's like a nice – citrus zest on it um a good amount of ginger too this is this is wonderful like this is fantastic um it's the right amount of tart that it kind of makes me want to like pucker but then it also just like kind of melts away out come on Tuse. oh gosh yeah you're fine cat just tried to jump up on my lap and he didn't make it and like dug into my thigh that really sucked paul <laughs> what, what are you drinking tonight uh, you know, because <clears throat> you were picking up sours, I saw this variety pack from Ithaca Beer Company uh, where they had a bunch of different sours. And I'm starting off with their blueberry hibiscus sour. And that's what really sold me on this variety pack because I do like uh, blueberry and hibiscus together. And this is 4.75% alcohol by volume. And I get none of the blueberry, none of the hibiscus. I just get that sour, like, pucker in the back. Um not super sour. It is a Berliner style, um, but it's not. It's not delivering on that that uh, blueberry uh, promise. So I'm going to see. Hopefully, the mango is better the next one, and I actually get some actual different something, so, you know, an actual you know flavor <clears throat> other than just sour tart. Sounds like you got a sour bad batch. Yeah, mm. we're not talking about the new announcement batch. of Bad Batch until I know. Main topic, I'm Chris. Just, Come on, man. I hope that series goes forever. Uh, anyways, let's gonna head us into the week in geek. As Paul always likes to say, your top <laughs> geek stories of the past week. Uh, as it is now movie season, I think it's apropos that we do kick it off with a update to our summer movie blockbuster bracket buster. Um, this past weekend, we did have the super Mario brothers movie come out and it basically just ate everybody else's lunch at the movie theater. Uh, it did 140. Oh, I clipped off that tab. $146.3 million. It's opening weekend, uh, making it so far the top earner of the three movies that we have had released so far. Um, I went to see it, had a lot of fun with it. Uh, the people in the theater were having fun with it as well. It was a good like mix of people there, too. Like Definitely a lot of families, but there were also a lot of like 
I I'm hesitant to say older people because they were people like our age. Uh, they're wearing like their their Mario gear. Uh, but yeah, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Um, I'm I'm happy having picked this for my bracket. Yeah, it's uh looks like it's going to steamroll a lot of things. Uh, last week we were talking about um dragon uh Dungeons, Dungeons and, dragon. and Dragons. And like, oh, you know, I'm like, it's not that far. Like Shazam was called a, like a flop. And yeah, Dungeons and Dragons made like three million more. And everybody in the whole premise was like, well, as long as it doesn't fall as quickly as Shazam did, it'll be OK. But it but Super Mario came in and like just jumped right on top of its head. And uh, yeah, uh, Dungeons and Dragons only made it lost 61 percent of its share. You know, had a yeah. 61% off uh, drop off, which isn't out of the realms of, you know, normal. It's, you know, about 50% is what you expect. Um, but with this movie going kind of post pandemic kind of thing, like, I think larger drop offs are kind of the norm. Like, you get that big crowd that is excited to see it. And then there isn't like, I think we lost a lot of those people that would go to the movies every Friday because it was their Friday night thing to do. And they would just see whatever, whatever's there. Like they had no plan. They just were going to go see a movie. I I don't think that happens as much anymore. And I I do think again, the wealth of content just available, like you don't need to go to the movies every week to see something because you have new things coming directly to your home TV with the multitude of you know, venues that are now available. And, yeah. and talking about menus that are, are venues that are now available, HBO Max has announced that the new dream, not what is it? Uh, Discovery, HBO, Discovery Warner Brothers, their new streaming service is going to be called Max. HBO's, they're going to drop the name HBO so to help showcase the Discovery brand and also the Warner Brothers brand, brand on the streaming service Max. And they're adding um, a bunch of Discovery shows <clears throat> is the big thing. And um, also, oh, what are you going to say, Chris? You did it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think you still need to have, at least have it branded because Max is just too broad. Like it doesn't say anything. It's Oh, do you guys have plus? Yeah, do, do you? Because I could be talking about Disney plus. I could be talking about Paramount plus. Like mm-hmm. the the moniker of the company definitely should be like your focus. And then it's like Max plus view. Yeah, but if they drop that HBO, they don't have to pay HBO anymore. Because that's what that guy's been doing. He's just been doing the guy who's been running that stuff, just been cutting everything. That's so they don't have to pay. They don't have to pay anybody. That was more of a joke about him. Mm. Mm. About David Zaslav. Yeah. I I think that's going to bite them in the ass and going to be like, well, nobody knows it's HBO. How can we fix this? Well, also the people that run it don't know it's HBO because they just keep on taking shows from HBO off of it. So, well, that's because they don't want to pay people. But <laughs> uh, someone that will be getting paid is the 
cast and crew of the upcoming Harry Potter series that was just announced for HBO Max. Um, this has been something that's been rumored for a little bit. They were looking at dipping back into the series um, since they haven't been doing well. And this is a cash cow for Warner Brothers. Uh, I'm not surprised. The rumor is each season's going to be a different book, allowing them time to kind of dwell on things, let things simmer a little bit more so they don't just have to hit those main story beats. And I think that was one of my biggest complaints about some of the movies is just they're trying to hit some of the like the big earmarks and then that's it and then move into the next one. I mean, Half-Blood Prince is one of my favorite books, but that movie is just kind of a mutilated version of it. And when it ends with Snape just being like, oh, I'm the Half-Blood Prince, it's like, oh, yeah, that's like the main plot thread of that book. But they don't talk about Harry and like his potions book at all. No, it's in montage. It's, it's a montage. Uh, I, the cynic in me, uh, I think there was a rumor swirling that they wanted to do more with Daniel Radcliffe and the original cast because, you know, so many people associate the original cast, those, those three, at least the golden trio, uh, with Harry Potter that they wanted to do, you know, uh, the cursed child, stuff like that and keep them going because, you know, they're part of the cash cap. And since those kind of <clears throat> talks have fallen through, like they don't want to come back and do it anymore. So um, they, they don't even want to come back to do any of the stuff for the theme park rides. Like when they launched the Hogwarts express, the train that'll take you back and forth from universal mm-hmm. studios to islands of adventure. Uh, Emma Watson didn't even want to come back to just voice Hermione like as a character mm-hmm. walking past the window. So there's just someone that sounds like this. And everyone's like, that's not Hermione. Right. I, I don't blame them for wanting to distance themselves from these characters. They spent like their entire like adolescence as these characters. It's mm-hmm. obviously what they're known for, but they're also all actors on their own doing different things. Yeah. You know, Rupert Grant was just in that uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie, Knock at the Cabot. It's supposed to be pretty decent. I think that's I think that's a glowing recommendation of a M Night Shyamalan movie. And I was just like, yeah, it's, it's decent. Uh, the guy at work that sees everything and loves everything uh, hated it. So I was like, <laughs> man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he didn't like it. We might be in trouble. But uh, it the the series being what a twist. Sorry, that, was, <laughs> that was a little delayed. It's good. No, that was good. But this being a series where they're going to be able to cast kid actors and have them grow up in this role. I think they're trying to recapture that same magic of like having the audience grow up with the, the, the actors themselves. And then it's not just a 10 year plan for this series. It's a 20, 30 year plan. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this, and I am eagerly waiting. I do love those movies. Um, I'm I'm accepting enough that I could separate the movies from the books from this series that comes out. I mean, I've spent my entire life reading comic books and consuming comic book media. I'm fine if there's different versions, different takes on things, because they can all still stand on their own. Like, 
I'm not plussed by this at all. Yeah, I'm also uh, not maxed by it. I mean, they've been talking about doing the things as a miniseries for years. Mm-hmm. I remember even when the last movie was coming out and they were talking to him, they're like, oh, these would be great for a miniseries. Like they should do them again. And at that point, they were talking about like coming back and like, oh, like Rupert could play this character and I could play Snape and so and so could do this. Like it was talking about them as adults playing the adult characters i remember that always being interesting but always just being like well they're not they're not right for those characters like no no radcliffe as as snape would just not it would just wouldn't work um i have your mother's eyes what professor (laughs) makes sense to those watching at home uh i'm not But um, yeah, it would just be I'm fine with it. Um, By the time these come out, my son's already watching the Harry Potter movies. Um, His can you can you guess what his two favorite characters are? They're not in them for long and they're not people. The the sorting hat. Nope. Okay. Uh, Fluffy. Okay. because he loves he loves hellhounds and Serbius and multi-headed dogs and the Basculus. Loves a giant snake. Hmm. Two, two favorite parts of the movie. What would you have done if he was like, Dobby? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to walk out of the room. Dad, and... here's my sock. Give me a sock. Hey, free Dobby. Uh I had to walk out of the room because I was like, oh, but hey, there's Dobby. And he's like, it's Gobby, Dad. And I was like, "Uh, no, it's Dobby. And he looked at me and I was like, I've read the books. I've seen the movies. It's Dobby. And I walked out to my wife and I was like, that motherfucker telling me his name's Gobby? The fuck? Get out of here. Uh, Plus, I, too, with them uh, redoing this as, you know, episodic content, they can probably fix some of that janky cgi from some of those early ones where it wasn't right where it needed to be yet like dobby or fluffy or even um the troll that they fight on halloween night like it just the troll doesn't look good and then when like they have like the the kids hanging on to it like the kids just don't look great either all the quidditch scenes were awful i don't think quidditch looks that bad from the first two the quidditch scenes look awful they're very clunky. I will say that because I've just rewatched them. Uh, they are a little clunk. They're a little clunky. Even the keys, um, the flying keys, when they're chasing them, look pretty bad. Uh, but no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it'll come out at the right time. Where my son's going to be five, he'll appreciate them even more. And every year as he gets older, they're going to get older in the thing, you know. It'll be a lot of fun to do that with him. But at the same point, like the movies we have are the cliff notes of the books. And there's definitely tons of stuff in the books that get left out. Whether or not it'll work on screen and if they do it right and who knows. But definitely to get an extended version of these to get everything into the the movies or into the show, I think it'll work. I hope they don't add extra stuff that doesn't need to be there. 
You mean like stuff from Pottermore? I I could see them adding some stuff in to try to like expand the world out to lead into like something else, like the next chapter or to pull from Fantastic Beasts if they're trying to like legitimize that. Time will tell them. Like who who knows where we're going with this. Um something that will be getting sooner from HBO Max though, uh, and John, you sent this one over, is the penguin. Yeah. Um, there's a teaser teaser trailer. In production. Um, in production teaser trailer. Because one of the scenes, you actually see like the boom mics and yeah. stuff in it. Mm-hmm. It's 50% behind the scenes footage and like 50% like finished effects and like dialogue. Which it was kind of weird watching it because I'm like, did they think people forgot that this was going to be a thing and they felt the need to rush out something? Yes. Is that what it was? I okay. am that people. I am that person. It's me. Because I'm like, I don't know if the, because there was supposed to be a Gotham, the Gotham uh, G, GCPD, right? As well. Yeah, that was supposed to be another one. Yeah, I think that, that wasn't got called canceled. that. And, hang, and there was, so, and then with the whole shakeup over at DC, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what's going to be. I don't know what's happening anymore. Who knows? Like, and on, honestly, I have yet to see the Matt Reeves Batman. I heard it's really good. It's the best detective Batman that we've gotten on screen, and I would really enjoy it. But then again, it looks pretty grim, dark, and I'm kind of over moody Batman. No, uh, I mean, you see growth in it. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, I look forward to this season of The Penguin because I don't think... Colin Farrell's gonna want to be tied down in that makeup for more than one season. He's probably gonna want to do other stuff. I think we're just gonna get the one season of this, and that'll be it. I think he will do more. I think really. He, I think he loves it. I I think one of the reasons they thought to do this was because he was having so much fun in the makeup. I mean, he kept leaving set and going places in the makeup. It was because nobody recognized him. Yeah, but he, he loved it. He just, it's not something like, oh, geez, oh, I'm all depressed in this makeup, blah, blah, blah. Like, it took forever for him to put it on. Like, he was in there having fun. So I, I think you'll get, if they said, hey, we have a plan for two seasons or three seasons, I don't see it being, like, an ongoing thing. I think he probably signed on knowing, like, we have this season that's going to take place here. We're going to film the other movie, and then we're going to do a second season after the the next Batman movie. He'd be like, yeah, okay, sounds great. But this, I think, is a prequel to yeah. to all of it. So it's kind of his rise through the gangsters, which I'm looking forward to seeing. Like, I thought he was great as the Penguin. I really enjoyed that character. So having, like, a, a, a gangster a gangster penguin series. I'm, I'm down for it. Yeah. I'm down for it. Uh, and then uh, also coming to, uh, DC's max, uh, we got the actors who have been cast in James Gunn's, um, uh, creature commandos, um, with, uh, Frank Gorillo cast as Rick flag, senior, uh, David Harbor as Frankenstein, uh, 
Indira Varmara as the bride, Frankenstein's bride. Alan Tudyk, Paul's favorite, as Dr. Phosphorus. Mm-hmm. He's a great voice actor. He does it. He's, yeah, he's great. Uh, but the other thing is all of these actors who are being cast for this, they said will show up as the characters in live action. So that's why they're casting um, these actors. Maria Bakalova as Princess Aliana Rostovich. Sean character that was created for this series correct um princess because original yes original role uh james gunn or i'm sorry sean gunn as both gi robot and weasel and we already saw sean gunn play weasel in the suicide squad correct uh so chow as nina marzokos which is like a um Creature from the Black Lagoon cre- uh, kind of creature. And then Steve Agee uh, returning is John Economos. 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 <laughs> not surprised by that. I'm not surprised by his brother coming back. Because obviously in that preview image that they put out, like Weasel's in there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with all of this. Even the people that I don't know, really, I've at least heard them like the girl who played uh cosmo in guardians of the galaxy like yeah mm-hmm. like she'll be there so yeah um uh, james gunn tends to pick people that he likes to work with so that that bodes well for for the new dc cmcu whatever yeah. you want to call it. in uh david harbour um you know, he really wanted to be Hellboy, and uh, that backfired with a really bad movie. So I still kind of want to watch that, though. I fell asleep with like a half hour left of the movie, and then I woke up when the credits were rolling, and I was like, I don't need to rewind. It was, it wasn't good. Oh, that that's it. I still wouldn't mind seeing it at some point. Well, you've had three years, four years. At some point, John. (laughs) (laughs) With all the content. There's too much content. And boys, you know what I'm looking forward to is some more content. Because we just got our first teaser trailer for Marvel's The Marvel's. Uh, Oh, is it it just The Marvel's? Is that what it's called? It's just The Marvel's. Um, The Marvel's. The Marvel's. This is the Captain Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel, WandaVision, uh, Secret Invasion sequel movie. Uh, it looks like it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm up for it. Yeah, uh, I think it, it absolutely looks like a lot of fun. Um, it definitely makes me want to um, go back and finish Miss Marvel. Because I just kind of fell off of it, and I never got back on. Because I believe Miss Marvel was coming out when Boba Fett was coming out, and Peacemaker. So it was just like it just kind of got pushed to the side. And I watched like the first four episodes. I really liked it. I I liked everything about it. It just kind of fell off, and I was like, 
I'm gonna have to. I need to finish this before the movie comes out. Yeah, I I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it definitely does lag in a couple spots, uh, but it comes together at the end and it ends very strong. I'm excited for more Kamala in the MCU, especially based off of this trailer. Just her loving everything that she's doing in it. Um, Iman Vellani brings like a great enthusiasm to the role. And I think we need to have someone that's like that in the MCU because things are progressively getting darker and more broken. So, yeah. Paul thoughts on the Marvels. I don't know. Like, uh, kind of over the Marvel movies. Like, I feel like, Oh, there's going to be needle drops and there's going to be action scenes. And, it's going to some Paul's just movie. explaining movies now. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow it's going to move a grand bigger story forward that may or may not actually play out. Like, I don't know. Like, I still haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm kind of been let down by, uh, you know, the Eternals of it all. Like, I'm, I think you're just officially becoming an old man. Yeah, maybe. Thor what was the, Thund- what Thor was the last Marvel Thunder thing that you love. saw that you enjoyed? Was it Endgame? No Way Home I didn't really like either. But you don't like Spider-Man. I don't like Spider-Man. It's not that I, I just don't No, you like don't like Spider-Man. Spider-Man. We, talk, we talked about it on the phone. You know, yeah, yes, yeah, Paul does like not Spider-Man. relate to the everyman character <laughs> of the MCU. Um, Loki, right? Didn't you I liked, liked Loki. I liked for the mini series. I've, I've enjoyed. I enjoyed Loki. I really enjoyed WandaVision. Um, yeah. I enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier, aka Captain Captain Winter Captain America and Winter Soldier. Like the mini series have been okay. So, my father is seventy two. And he's getting so very he's 30 getting, years younger than me. He's getting very old manish about stuff. And when we went to see John Wick and they played the trailer for um, Evil Dead. He goes, well, they ripped off a lot of movies with that one. And it's like Paul said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Paul, my dad. <laughs> I, I so, yeah. Next time you go out for sushi with Paul, if he starts asking if he likes the sea breeze or the rock and roller better, you'll know. Either John's really selling this bit or he froze. I think he actually did freeze. Okay. Okay. I'm moving on the screen. Oh, now you are. Now you are. Okay. No pause necessary. Um. Well, Paul, I'm I'm hopeful that maybe. Yeah, maybe this or something else will, you know, sell you. Uh, also, I just saw uh, Evil Dead has like a 96% Rotten Tomatoes. People are loving it. Yeah, because it reminds them of other movies. I'm looking forward to it. And Yanni is not, but I'm going to have to take her to see it because I don't want to wait for that one. That's like a movie that I am very much amped for. Has Yanni seen the other Evil Dead's? Um, we watched Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. How about um, the 
the Evil Dead not, remake that she did not see the remake from like uh, what 2011 I think it was. Um, she has not seen the Ash versus the Evil Dead show, but she did go through the Halloween Horror Nights house for the show, so she knows like she recognized some of the stuff from that when we were watching the movies, like the cabin and like the laughing deer heads on the wall and stuff like that. So she has a frame of reference. She wasn't a fan. She she's more into spooky scary mm. movies than actual like scary horror movies. Gotcha. So there's a fine line of delineation. Like we just watched all of the Chucky series because um, that's available on Peacock now. And that's going to be one of the houses that Halloween Horror Nights this year. And we enjoyed it. But again, it's like kind of campy fun horror, like slasher stuff. So. That was okay. You never know. Never know. You never is that, know. Is that all we had for news? Um, I do have one thing that I want to bring up in here. We talked about it a little bit beforehand. Um, we were reached out to by comic book writer Jason Douglas, who's actually uh, he's come out with a book from Source Point Press called Parallel. He was actually nominated for two of the Ringo Awards. The Ringo Award is actually. Uh, Named after comic book artist Mike Waringo, um, famous for a lot of his work. Uh, most notably for me was his Fantastic Four that he did alongside Mark Wade. Uh, but it's kind of in Eisner's for like more small press and like creator-owned books. Um, his book Parallel was nominated for Best Writer and Best Single Issue for that. But he's doing a new book called Jane American. Um, and he reached out to us personally to see if it's something that we would want to get people on board the hype train with. And I was like, heck, yeah, we love comic books. Uh, so this is going to be something that's available on Kickstarter. You can go on to Kickstarter right now and search for Jane American. The uh, project's not live yet, but you can sign up for notifications on this. Um, I'm excited to be partnered up with him on uh, this project just so we can see some of the behind the scenes stuff and hopefully get you guys excited for it as well. So kickstarter jane american or if you follow us on any of our social media i've shared the posts through that on our instagram or twitter so look forward to stuff from that um he's currently in talks with me about a possible interview um he's got some stuff coming up with conventions and personal life things so we'll try to get that scheduled in the meantime yeah it's fun to talk to comic book creators. i know it's been a while i was gonna say we get to talk to them about their beer preferences. Ayo. Yeah, that's right. We're drinking another beer. Uh, Chris, yes. what are you drinking? Uh, my next beer from Hidden Springs Aleworks. This is their glow up. And this is a hummingbird cake inspired sour ale with banana, pineapple, nuts, lactose, and vanilla. Uh, this is 5.5% ABV. And I had never had hummingbird cake before. Until the Epcot Flower and Garden Fest this year, where we got a piece of hummingbird cake from, I want to say it was like the America Pavilion. And it was delicious. And this does capture that flavor profile in a beer. Um, this is absolutely delightful. It's, the again, the right amount of sour pucker on it. But that banana, it's like a banana pudding. Like... So not like a real banana taste, but it's like that banana runts kind of deliciousness. They're like, mm, this isn't a banana, but I like it. 
Um, the pineapple gives it a nice like little hit of like tart too. Um, it just rounds out into a really nice sweet from the vanilla. I don't know what kind of nuts are in it. I'm assuming like pecans, but uh, yeah, Caitlin, yeah, delicious. Caitlin loves a hummingbird cake. Um, I think it like yeah, it would have been last year. We probably she had it for the first time and loved it. Um, never had it. I I live in the south. I should have before now. <laughs> Didn't. I'm not a sweets person though. I'm much more of a savory, crunchy kind of guy. So I like desserts, but it's not something that I gravitate towards or look for. And John, I know you don't need it thrown to you, so I'm just going to throw it to Paul instead. There we go. Uh, I'm also drinking a sour again. This is from Ithaca. Uh, the same pack, and this is their mango sour, which I mentioned earlier, and this is 5.1%, so we're stepping up in uh, ABV. Uh, this has a little bit of mango flavor. Again, getting lost in that big tart sourness. Um, it's not, these aren't really delivering the big fruit flavors that I was kind of hoping for, and then like finishing with that sour tartness, so... All in all, not so impressed so far. Sorry, but hey, you know what? It stepped up a little bit. So yeah, hopefully your next. At one least I got a little delivers. mango on this. Got that little bit of rounded. You know how mango, for whatever reason, has like a round flavor. I, 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 does that make sense? I know I'm descri- using a shape to describe flavor, but it's like it's an all over mouth kind of yeah sensation. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I am drinking a... John wants to talk about his beer, so he's just going to create and move on. Yeah, I didn't leave it thrown to me. Okay. I can just... <laughs> you, did you have more to say? No, I, was, I wanted to do your feedback on whether or not that made I'm, sense with what I was talking about with Mango. I said, yeah. Yeah. You need more? I, I agree, Paul. Yeah. Well, so what's your beer that you're drinking there, John? I'm excited to hear about your beer. Uh, I am drinking uh, a fresh 2023 10 fitty barrel aged uh, from Oscar Blues. And the only difference between this beer and the two year old is uh, slight carbonation. This beer is equally as smooth, still has all those great flavors, but this one's got some bubbles. And the other one was just smooth and didn't have any. So. Uh, interesting enough, age it for two years in the can, and uh, you lose the bubbles. But so um, don't age it. I, you know what? I kind of liked it without the bubbles. <laughs> I thought it tasted, I thought it tasted so, better. There's you want me to save you two years? Here's a wild know. idea. Pour Open into it. a glass. That's it. Sit it there. I'm going to save you almost two full years. <laughs> Sit well, there. Come I only back have the two one. hours later. There you go. Well, there's uh, been times I've poured myself a beer, maybe like at night before I go to bed or for the show that I don't finish. And I just put it in the fridge and I yeah. go back to like the next day after I come home from work. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I was drinking this yesterday and I'll take a sip. It's still good. Like it might not be as effervescent, but if it's a good beer, that flavor is still going to like linger through. So, yeah, I mean, it's still a delicious beer. All the flavors the same. It just has this. It's just effervescent uh, versus the other one that was just kind of a smooth, creamy uh, beer. Both are delicious. Listen, 
I'm halfway through both of these. 12.5%. And you said you were going to drink on both. Um, I'm actually sharing the glow up with Yanni because when I said this one was uh, a hummingbird inspired cake, she was very excited for it because the hummingbird cake from Epcot was one of her best of the fests from that. So it was one of those like, yeah, like we definitely have to get this beer. So I've, I've given her like the last like quarter of mine. And have you guys now, did you guys talk about that anywhere else that people could we listen did. to? You could hear that over on our sister show parked and wrecked. Uh, a lot of our episodes are based off of the food festivals going on at Epcot and universal. That's just because there's constant food festivals going on at everything. Uh, I was we honestly re- surprised with the Halloween Horror Nights uh, houses being announced that you guys didn't have an episode because it seemed for a while there you guys were a Halloween. Oh, we were Halloween Horror Nights, Horror Nights for like three podcast. or four episodes in a row. Um, but yeah, we we like what we do, and what we like to do is go to theme parks and eat and drink. That's normal. We also like to read comic books, though. And when I read a comic book, I want it to be a new one, like the ones coming out on April 19th, 2023. Right, John? That's right. I'm going to throw it to you each and every time now, bud. Oh, that's fine. Bye. Uh, I sent you guys one book that I was going to be doing, but with Chris not picking this book, it's the book I really want. Oh, let me scratch this out on my show notes. Uh, and that is going to be no one number okay. two. Uh, I listened to the podcast that is attached to um, hmm. the book now. Didn't love it, oh. but I think because they're trying very hard to be a crime podcast with a fictional thing versus something that actually is real. Um. It's very well done. They do a good job in it. It just didn't capture me. Um, I think I don't. I don't know. I, maybe if I listen. Did you to listen the, to the other podcast I told you to listen to, the Freddie Prince Jr. one? Yes. Thoughts? I listened to three episodes. I don't love it either. Mm. Half of it is because Freddie Prince Jr. goes. Uh, I'm not. This is this. You pick this movie. You talk about this. And then the guy goes, well, well, since you're going to talk about it, it talks <laughs> over the guy completely. They just kind of talk about like they don't talk about the movie, they, but they talk around the movie. It's fun enough. And I kind of like some of the, the inside baseball that they do talk about. But the other guy I want to hear from. And Freddie Prince just talks all over him. This podcast, uh, and the podcast is called uh, That Was Pretty Scary. It made me feel like, oh, I could probably be friends with Freddie Prince Jr. Like, oh, I, he's, oh, like, I think he totally cool could. Dude. Yeah, I, he totally could be. Super cool guy. Wait, so Freddie, Prince, uh, Freddie Prince Jr., who was in Mass Effect 3? Yes, and oh, uh, uh, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. He, he probably will not be coming back live action because his character is dead. Dead. Like they might. I, I would like to see him back. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a way. Not no time. Not yet. So uh, I'm yeah, glad you because enjoyed, uh, I mean, collectively, no one number one was our favorite book uh, last week when we did our March 2023 
monthly look back. So I'm not surprised you picked it, but I want to hear more about All Eight Eyes number one. All Eight Eyes, it it was the only other book that seemed interesting enough. Um, it takes place right after 9-11 and after the things have come down. A guy who oh, 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 still too soon. Uh, uh, a guy who's kind of suffered through it, who's been doing a little bit too much, maybe drugs and drinking, gets pulled into this world of a guy who is fighting this eight eyed monster that has been roaming the streets of New York. And he kind of gets t- uh, kind of folded into the um, to this. Uh, the writer of the book had been teamed up with James Tinian for a horror anthology that the two of them were doing. And I think this book spins out of that. So it just seemed kind of interesting. Someone who James Tinian kind of picks to work with is someone who I would go like, I imagine I will enjoy their writing kind of like how James Tinian was picked by um, Scott Snyder to work with him with those, his Batman books. And um, just seems like uh, it, it seemed interesting enough. I love horror. Um, so it's like, Oh yeah, I want to check it out, but I wasn't sold on it. And when you didn't pick no one, I was like, Oh, I, book i really want to read is no one number two <laughs> well i'm glad you got a chance to pick it paul what's yeah. you picking though i'm gonna pick a uh, number two as well and that's hollow's eve number two guys do you want to ask the question paul did you read number one this is yes, actually I a did. conversation we had before the show uh, i had the same conversation <laughs> because mm-hmm. inside baseball paul likes to pick books not read them and then he picks like the fourth issue down the road, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, I like, I didn't oh, I didn't read it, one. but you know, I, I figure I can probably get the gist of it. Hey, I did not like the U.S. Office until I saw the final episode of the U.S. Office, and then I went back and watched the series. Did you like I'm the series? Hmm? Did you like the series? Eventually, uh, except for it. I cannot I still can't go back and watch like the first one and a half seasons of it. Okay. That's not I did a not a completely similar thing, but I didn't start watching Modern Family until the last season. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was the last season and when it ended I was like, Oh, I really liked all of those characters and I went back and like started it fresh. Yeah. Uh I definitely feel like there's an episode where they finally like make uh Phil Dumphy better. Because, like, he kind of, like, is weird about Gloria for, like, the longest time. They they do kind of keep that in there for a bit, though. Yeah, and then, like, it becomes a lot better. And then it's yeah. like, okay, now I can kind of enjoy this. Much like, like how the, I can the, enjoy. The, oh, go ahead. So I was gonna say, that's kind of the family aspect, like, because it's like, you know, his uh, father-in-law's new wife. And then over the years, it just kind of be like, oh, it's, you know, it's Gloria. When they go on their adventures together, like I really do enjoy those episodes. Anyways, Paul oh, sh- shuts down that old lady. Sons, the the hot sauce one. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, the the like the ruffians living in her garage. And he uses 
is real estate. I don't know. I just saw the clip. Oh, yes. Yeah. Where the woman's like nephew or whatever is. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about, but I don't have an, an encyclopedic knowledge of it like I do the office. So I can't quote it exactly. Mm. Sorry. I have, Sorry. Got, I have not gotten through all of Modern Family. So. Um, but anyways, and I have not gotten through all of Hollow's Eve because issue two is just coming out. Uh, I just felt like the first issue left like kind of on a cliffhanger, but it wasn't really a cliffhanger. It was more like, oh, this is a story that we finally set up. And here we're go- actually going to be telling the story arc starting with the next issue. So I'll pick it up, see if I actually enjoy it. I feel like since I didn't read the miniseries where she was like introduced, like I needed that first part of issue one to actually understand, oh, okay, this is the character, this is her powers. And now that that setup's out of the way, maybe I can actually get a feel for whether or not I enjoy this character or what they're going to be doing. So then that's over at Marvel Car. Uh, comics written by Erica Schultz and art by Michael Dalling. Guys, I think that's everything, right? Like, oh no, there there is one last thing. What's that? That's a dramatic reading. And now, a dramatic reading from Wonder Woman seven hundred ninety-seven, page fifteen, panel four. You are needed and here to fight, but not here. Think of home, the ones you love. You're right. Of course. Thank you, my friend. That was a dramatic reading from One Roman, 797, page 15, panel 4. I wish you had reversed the voices. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's what a good director would do. That would <laughs> let's do it. Let's do a second take. <laughs> well, you got to introduce it. And now a second take of the dramatic reading. Cheek, you are needed and here to fight, but not here. Think of home, the ones you love. Hey, you're right. Of course. Thank you, my friend. I mean, that, one's, that one's even better. I mean, we'll use that one. So edit around it and you know, just make that the, the original. And if you want to see that uh, panel, follow us over on our Instagram page where we put all of those dramatic reading panels up. Hey, if you ever want to do one yourself and send it to us, we'll play it on the show. It would be fun. Maybe you could do it better than us. You probably could do it better than probably. us. And hey, just just let us know, reading one or reading two, which one was better. Ooh. Um, I don't know if you guys are ready for your next beer yet, but I have mine, so... I'm not ready. All right, Jonathan, but that's me. I'm only doing the two. Oh, all right, I'll drink. I'll open another 1050. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how I know he's already had two 1050s. Uh, I'm opening... I'll open up my Tropic, but let's get into our main topic. Like, it's been four days of Star Wars celebration. Let me tell you, this time of year, like... Spring is happening. My birthday's coming up. May the 4th is coming up. I start, like, just 
wanting to live Star Wars. I want to play Star Wars video games. I want to read Star Wars books. I want to watch Star Wars content shows and movies. I just want to live Star Wars. You want to live the Star Wars? Celebration happening? Mm. Been gorgeous. Been streaming it, uh, streaming the YouTube off of YouTube. You could also stream it off of StarWars.com. It was live this year over in London. Uh, I love love the time zone difference because I could if I woke up early, they started streaming live at like 530 in the morning. Uh, So and then it was over by like six, seven o'clock at night. Like and then I could just go back and like fall asleep. To the beginning of it, so um, really enjoyed it. Uh, Friday, of course, was a big news day breaking thing i was at work and all of a sudden john is blowing up my phone with a text message being like did you see this hey did you see this so john hey i sent that ahsoka trailer because i was like guys come on yeah uh yeah john were you following along with the star wars news or was it just general like hey uh, Did was, you realize Star Wars Celebration was happening when you sent that trailer, or was it just like, hey, the trailer's out? Here, and, uh, and. Yes, because that trailer popped up with, like, trailer announced with Celebration, blah, 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 here it is. And I would click on the, I would click on the link, read it, watch the video, then go to YouTube, find it. And then send it to you guys versus sending you the the link mm-hmm. because I figured there's a, links from pages. You have other things that pop up and play. And I was like, well, if I'm going to send these guys something, I'll send them the trailer itself. Um, mm-hmm. that is you, so- well, I, let me rephrase. John, were you aware that Star Wars Celebration was happening that day before you clicked the link or saw the announcement. I knew it was coming up because we had mentioned it in our talks. So I knew it was coming up. Uh, I didn't realize till I clicked on that, that it was celebration, but yes. Yes. Chris, were you aware, were you looking forward to celebration? I mean, I uh, I know how some people are fans of the sports games where they buy the jerseys mm-hmm. of the the people that play the games and they wear the jerseys while they're watching the games to like feel yeah we engaged that, into it yeah we call that sports cosplay okay sports cosplay yeah yes, yeah I know there's that. people that like to do that uh, me personally I like to wear my Star Wars Celebration shirt because I know I had mentioned it before on the show but I like to talk about it as much as possible um i actually got to work at the star wars celebration that happened in orlando back in 2017 uh, it was one of my favorite experiences that i had working at disney is getting to go to star wars celebration and hang out and meet people and just be there like mm-hmm. we've gone to conventions a lot as fans as podcasters um, it was a very different experience to work at a convention. I mean, mm-hmm. my entire career, this was the first and only time that I actually went uh, to work at one. Um, but Star Wars Celebration actually has like a l- little bit closer place in my heart now because of that. So I was very excited for this. Um, 
no chance of me ever going to London to get it. I think they already announced next year's is going to be in, like, Japan? Yes. Was it? Okay. Um, if it came back to Orlando, Yanni had asked me if I would go and be like, I don't know, but I would like to be in the area. But I think I would want to go. Like, just being on, like, the show floor, like, to, to quote the hustle, it was electric. I think they are rotating it now. It's going to be, like, East Coast Orlando, Midwest Chicago, West Coast Anaheim, London, Japan. Because it's sometimes, or actually, not just London, but they do Europe. So, Essen, Germany, London, maybe Spain. You know, they haven't done that yet, but... I mean, for a franchise that takes place in outer space, I'm surprised they're just spending that much time on Earth. Like, I'm just excited for when they do their first, like, on the moon or on Mars. Star Wars celebration. That would be cause for real celebration. Make it happen, Lucasfilm. Well, I guess if Amazon buys... Disney, they'd have, you know, synergy because they have the spaceships going to to the, the rocket to the moon to the moon. But I don't know if we want to start with the Ahsoka trailer or what, because, I mean, that was kind of the thing that kicked off the day, I think. Yeah, yeah they, it, it was definitely like Friday, the announcements, like when I tuned in, I just went back to watch the opening uh of what you can watch on youtube and like all the announcements had already been made like when they do the live stream so yeah the ahsoka trailer yeah let's start with that because that i mean it's ahsoka trailer or rebel season five whatever you want to call it oh whatever okay like no it's there was no rebels announcement but i get what you're saying now john because it's got the whole cast not for Ray Prince Jr. Does well, have Zeb in it? Zeb, we saw. We did get to see Zeb. So, Paul, you're up to date on Mandalorian? I haven't watched no. today's episode. But. I didn't watch today's episode okay. yet. And uh, that's why I, he shows up, right? No, no. He showed, no, he up, showed up last week. Last week with uh, with uh, our favorite uh, convenience store clerk slash uh, Tevis? Tevis? No. Yeah, it's like, it, I think it's Tavis. Something like that. Or Te- Tevin something. I, I feel Tevin. bad. Too many, too much media, too many characters. I don't know everybody's oh, names. So you cool. asked me about the name of anybody in Andor that's not Cassian, and I cannot. I haven't watched you. any of Andor yet. So, like, all those, like, panels I skipped on the live stream. Um, just because I feel bad. Because I'm, it was like, everything else was happening. Kate and I were watching a different show. I wanted to watch Andor. Wanted to Dawson's watch Creek. Yep, that was definitely it. Definitely Dawson's Creek. Definitely had to watch Casey. And Dawson Pacey. played about somebody. Pacey and Dobby. Those are the two names you need to know if you're going to be listening <laughs> to this episode, guys. <laughs> Dobby. Definitely Dobby was part of it. Um, anyways, so I skipped the Andor stuff. But... Yeah, I've been watching. I, I'm almost up to date with uh, Mandalorian. Didn't watch today's episode. We're recording on Wednesday the 12th. Um, only this episode and one more after this, right? That, 
next week is the last episode. I feel like maybe that would make sense. I haven't seen how many episodes it's going to be offhand, but um, we're spending more time talking about other shows that aren't Ahsoka. Well, (laughs) it makes sense because we're because also what was announced other than Ahsoka, the trailer was that Dave Filoni was going to be Ahsoka first. (laughs) Okay, Ahsoka trailer. Rebels season five, as John liked to call it. John, did you watch Rebels? Yeah. Did I watched enjoy? Rebels. Uh, I did. I really enjoyed it. Uh, that's where I fell in love with the Sokatana. Like, that's where that's where I know her from. I didn't watch her in Clone War. I knew of her in Clone Wars, but I thought she was rather annoying. But in um, <clears throat> Rebels is when I was like, oh, she's a badass. I like her. Yeah. Like, She's cool. went and watched the final the final season <laughs> of Clone Wars, right? The one on di- that premiered on Disney Plus. No, I haven't because like, oh, I oh, you really showed it you, because I my there's, plan, there's, why are really good, why are we recording a podcast right now? Let's just really good Darth Rebels. Maul stuff in it too, and it all I ties want, into Mandalorian too. Now I know I want to. It's one of those things I want to watch. Watch all of the Clone Wars. Skip. You can if you're not a big fan of the Bad Batch, you can skip the first three episodes. I didn't mind Bad Batch. I just didn't care about Bad Batch. The first three episodes are Bad Batch, and then the next six episodes, because it's only nine episodes, right? Yeah. Are why are you there? <laughs> why are you showing um, up? Uh, but no, I really enjoyed. Excuse me, I really enjoyed Rebels. Um, I actually plan on rewatching Rebels just to refresh myself with those characters. Um, I'm probably gonna skip the first season and maybe a little bit of the second season. You know. I think if you're watching it with Grayson, maybe. Oh, I'm not watching it with Grayson. Okay, because I was gonna say Ezra is to Rebels what Ahsoka was to Clone mm-hmm. Wars. It's a character that brings in, it's annoying, and you're like, I like everybody else besides this character, but then seeing them grow up within that kind of found family uh, environment makes you be like, okay, like, I understand why they're going to be focusing on finding Ezra in in Ahsoka. Right, yeah. During a rewatch, I can understand you skipping, you know, the first season and part of the second season. They spend a but, lot of time in the first episode worrying about fruit. Well, yeah. Uh, and also another whole episode, which was great, the uh, Maluru run. But anyway, well, yeah. um, what I'm going to say about that is because during a rewatch, you already understand the relationship that he has with uh, Lulz. No. Kanan? What? No, uh, no, Ezra. Ezra with uh, wanting to go back to Lothal. Lothal. Lothal, not Lulz. Lulz is L- the cat. Lothcat. Lothal. Lothcat. Lothal. Uh, why he's so concerned with it. And I'm uh, in a rewatch right now. I'm uh, just three episodes out from finishing it again. And yeah, like, I think you, if you're watching it for the first time, you should watch it from the beginning. I would agree. During rewatches, like I can understand. 
for, for those of you listening, I I have a loath cat that Yanni bought me. He hangs out on my Star Wars shelf, and now there's only two on people in this whole universe the that are not listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's only John and I that are. Here. But guys, the Ahsoka trailer. Um, Rosario Dawson back as Ahsoka Tano, continuing on her mission to find Grand Admiral Thrawn, who was announced and appeared at the show. Um, Grand Animal Thrawn being played by Lars Mikkelsen, who actually voiced the character on Rebels, so that's some cool continuity there. Um, and it seems like it's a good amount of getting the band back together, uh, because we do have our first look at live-action Sabine Wren in this, um, who's probably going to become everybody's favorite character now that the Mandalorian's a thing and people are like really into Mandalorian stories, uh, but also and we got our, have held a dark saber. Yeah, uh, which I'm still be like just beyond elated that that became a thing outside of the cartoons. Uh, but we also got our first look at live action Harrison Dula uh, being played by Mary Elizabeth Winston. Uh, this trailer is awesome. I don't know the names of the uh, people are calling them dark Jedi. They're not calling them Sith because they have kind of like reddish-orange lightsabers, but Ray Stevenson with a beard looks like a complete badass tearing through like rebel troopers. Uh, uh, sign so me up. <laughs> Ray Stevenson played um, Gar's Thanos in Rebels. So he was a voice actor in Rebels playing. He was the guy who was like uh, Darth Maul's right-hand man. Um, he led the like that dark group of Mandalorians. Garvila, the night night watch. Yeah, Gar Vizla, um, uh, Gar Vizla. So he voiced the character in Clone Wars, and then he reprised the role in Rebels, which makes me kind of think maybe he's reprising that same role in this. I know he's more Mandalorian, and he wouldn't have. A lightsaber, but if he did train with Maul, maybe he's picked some stuff. If you up. watch it yeah. with captions on, I believe there's a name that's attached to him, and it's like Galvin or something like that. Mm. Mm. You know, interesting. Uh, Could this- be. Uh, I'm gonna look that up, like on IMDb right now, the Ahsoka, and see the character list because. I am. Yeah. Uh, this ap- absolutely looks fantastic, though. I'm loving that they're bridging Balin. Rebels. Hmm? Yeah, Ray Stevenson is playing a character named Balin Skull. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how they're bridging the gap into live action. And it seems like we're going to be getting more of these characters just outside of Ahsoka or Mandalorian or wherever they happen to go next, because I mean, we kind of already led ahead with it, but Dave Filoni will be telling a story in a live action movie that kind of bridges the gap and and ties all this together. Paul, that was your story, I think. Oh yeah. 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 I'm excited for this because, um, there is some rumors whether or not the, is this going to be a Disney because everything he's been doing is just on been on Disney plus. This is going to be a movie that is scripted and done only for Disney plus. 
But the interview with um, that Kathleen Kennedy did on was it Saturday or Sunday? Um, I think it was Saturday. Um, it's on the live stream. She mentions how important it was to get Star Wars back in the theaters. Like so that she's excited about the, you know, when talking about the announcement of these three movies that we want to bring Star Wars back to the theaters. So I'm hoping this is not just a Disney plus, but I could see it being a Disney plus only movie. I, I do think this will be something that does go to theaters. I think like the Disney plus content does have enough of a following that if it made the jump to the big screen, it would still have an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's kind of touch and go with some of the Marvel stuff because again, there's so much of it. I think star Wars fans are much more dedicated and I think they would definitely turn up in the theaters for it. Um, I, I'm excited. Uh, this was something that was announced alongside another movie uh, coming out from James Mangold, uh, which is tying into what my big story was. Uh, we're getting a new timeline for Star Wars. Previously uh, at Star Wars Celebration, I think it was like two years ago, they announced like, hey, we have a timeline. Things are going to be falling into one of like three camps where it's the Age of the Republic, Age of Rebellion, Age of Resistance. Uh, they have now expanded that timeline out and I actually had to pull up a picture of it because I cannot remember all of them. Because oh, there's can now... I try? Can I try? Okay. I mean, right, if you want to try. try. From the left, we got Dawn of the Jedi. Yes. Then can, we have the I can, Old Republic. I can see the reflection of your computer screen in your glasses, Paul, so you don't yeah. have to do this it's, bit anymore. It's, it's not there. <laughs> the Old Republic, which I'm very excited about because I'm a big fan of the Knights of the Old Republic. Then we have the High Republic. Then we have uh, the Rise of the Empire. Fall of the Jedi. Fall of the Jedi. Which leads into the reign of the Empire. And then the Age of Rebellion, which we had before. Then it's the New Republic. And now the new thing, which is the New Jedi Order. No, the Rise of the First Order. Oh, Rise of the First Order first, and then... And then the New Jedi Order. Which will lead into, like I think, was was the biggest story... (laughs) From all of this, but Paul, if you are not looking at it, huh? I, I can't. It looks like you guys. Um, yeah, big announcement is James Mangold will be telling a story of the first Jedi with the new timeline, uh, with the dawn of the Jedi, which could be really cool. Um, obviously Disney again, like James Gunn, once they work with someone that they like, they keep bringing him back. He's doing the new Indiana Jones movie, The Dial of Destiny. Um, Also did Logan, which is pretty badass. If they're able to do, like, Jedi running around, like, the old school, like, proto-sabers that are, like, tied to a battery on Jedi's backs, I think that would be really cool, and I would like to see that. Yeah. Uh, It would be interesting. My only concern is... If Indiana Jones comes out in bombs, are they going to just shelve it and be like, eh, we fired him. 
because they did do that with the guy who was originally supposed to do um, <clears throat> Rise of the Jedi or Rise of the Skywalker. Uh, Colin Trevorrow, and like he, yeah, it was a, but I, it was never said it was because the Jurassic Park movie or Jurassic World didn't do well. It was like a creative differences thing. And I think he did come on and say like he wanted to do something different from what the studio wanted to do. And again, these are huge properties and the companies do kind of yeah. have like a death grip on what happens with them. But, but also they his script that came out did seem better and made more sense for what the previous movie was too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It just seems I, it's one of those things like, yes, it'd be cool with the proto saber with the backpack. Like you have that, the, the image uh, um, that they've always teased with George Lucas's original uh, vision and stuff. It would be cool, but at the same point, I don't know if I care. Like, again, I I don't know anything of that character. Is it going to be a trilogy? Is it going to be a standalone movie? Is it going to be. It seems like it's going to be just standalone. And then if it does well enough, are they going to shoehorn other movies of that character in? It's just one of those things I. You got. I just have. I got the worries. I got no, the worries. We're a long way out from all of this stuff. So, I mean, they still have time to game plan what the story is going to be. Um, they did come out throughout all this and say, like, Taika Waititi's still working on his script. Like, they're still working on that. That was something that was announced, like, over a year ago, too. So uh, they, they said are... the, Lando, the Lando show is still around. It's still being worked on and it's still finding a a place to fit in. Yeah. So I appreciate them taking their time. I would rather have them take the time, try to do this stuff right. than do just star Wars for the sake of putting out star Wars. So people can consume it because that's where we're at with Marvel right now. And Marvel has realized like, no, we need to slow that cadence a little bit. Like we need to take a step back, have things matter more and they can use like the, TV shows, the cartoons, or the comics to kind of fill in some of those gaps and have it go back to being like event viewing. Like with one movie, don't make it a whole trilogy before you got everything nailed down. Much like uh, Damon Lindelof said that, hey, if it can't be great, then what are we doing? Like the yeah. pressure is so hot. That's... And then eventually he's like, hey, should I actually be in the kitchen right now cooking or should I just be the one sitting down to eat because I love Star Wars that much? But apparently his script is being worked on and being made into a movie still. And that's the I don't uh, don't think so. That's that's the third movie. That's the Daisy Ridley movie. I, I think that was what it was supposed to be. But then he walked away from it. Right. But, but someone else is doing it instead. Right. Right. But I think it's still it's still his the first I, pass. He, he's I think probably going to get a writing script. It's his original script that I think has still gotten worked on, but it's a different director. He walked away from directing it, but they're still using his script. I think Paul's correct. And the director is oh, I had it right on my page. And now I miss. Um, I don't remember her name. She worked on Miss Marvel. Yes. 
I don't have it on in front of me. I had it and then I like hit refresh. That's okay. I'm not I'm not ready to talk about already oh. yet. <laughs> Sorry. Because I got a beer I gotta talk about. I don't know if you guys are ready. Yeah. I'm, I'm I know ready. John got up and got his beer. Nice. So John, how's that ten fifty? Uh so I am drinking a twenty nineteen uh Oscar Blues ten fifty Imperial imperial ale not the barrel aged and this is not good um i held on to this can way too long uh it's teriyaki it's bitter it's just not it's just not there um yeah uh it's too bad it's my fault um I've been trying to every I'm trying every few episodes to to drink some stuff out of my cellar uh, as one of my goals this year. So to clean up on these 10 fitties is great. Uh, uh, 10 fitties, definitely two years on them. Regular 10 fitty, three years, maybe not so great. Maybe it just didn't survive the flood. It needed that extra barrel to it to survive. But um yeah. Um sad. Sad that I had a ten fifty that I, I didn't drink when it was good. Chris, yes. Paul, Sour Batch Poise. What is your next sour beer, Paul, for you to be unimpressed by because it's from Ithaca Brewing? It's from Ithaca Brewing, and this is their tropical sour, which has just a touch of pineapple. Just a whisper. Just a tease to make it feel like it's tropical. And this is the biggest one so far I've had tonight. This is 5.7% alcohol by volume. And again, it's the same flavor profile, that really tart sourness in the back. It's not bad. It's just like, why why put a fruit? Like, definitely don't sell, tell me it's blueberry hibiscus. You know, don't be so specific. Just say, they're all basically the same and it, yet you know it, it's just a slight if, variation if the alcohol didn't change on them i would say it's probably the same base beer yeah. and they changed the fruit but the fact that the alcohol keeps changing uh one is just odd if you were going to put out a variety pack like this why wouldn't you have the same base beer and change the fruits it would make more sense can i can um, i ask this john with, yes. If it was the same base beer, and in that mash, you threw in different types of veg, er, fruits, not vegetables, uh, they would all have a different sugar content. Would that then affect the alcohol? It, Is it the it higher would, sugar in the in the actual fruits? It would depend when you put the fruit in. Usually you put it in once you've... Um, you'd add your... Like when you would add your hops, you'd mm-hmm. want your your yeast to be either removed or dead by then. So it, it wouldn't be eating the sugar. So I guess it depends when you put it in, but I would imagine Ithaca is just using flavoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. It's making me sad because Ithaca used to be a brewery that we loved. And now it just seems like they're kind of skidding by being cheap. Um, hopefully, the um, oh, 
And Chris, you've mentioned the sidewards, like sidewards. Well, no, Chris no. is drinking sidewards today. Uh, uh, what's uh, Hidden Springs? Hidden Springs is, is is still keeping up and being good. Yeah, uh, this is really good. Um, this is from Hidden Springs, like we all said. Uh, this is the an apologies for the pronunciation of this. I know I will not do it right, uh, but this is Neklusti no Manis Atarigs. Uh, because this is a collaboration that they actually did with a Latvian brewery, uh, R Plus Brewing out of Latvia. And this is a sour ale with raspberry, almond, coconut, and chocolate pudding cake. Um, 7.2% ABV, so I've also been creeping up in the alcohol with all of my beers. I did drink them in the right order, guys. And this is delightful. Um when you read raspberry, almond, coconut, chocolate, pudding cake, those are all very big, bold flavors. But they also all just blend together very well. And what's kind of a nice, light, drinkable beer, like it has that raspberry tart on it. It kind of dissolves into a nice like richness, which could be the chocolate, it could be the coconut, it could be the almond, because they all just really flow together super well. Um, this is fantastic. I think of the three that I had, the El Diablo, the Glow Up, and this, this might be my number two because the Glow Up's a little bit more into like my flavor profile, uh, but this is fantastic. And I tried to translate as best as Google could by typing it in, and it detected it as Latvian, uh, and translating it to English, mm. the Neklusti no Manis Atarix says, I will always depend on you. Mm. Um, a very sweet sentiment, a very sweet can with a bear eating a piece of cake, looking at himself in a mirror. Um, Hidden Springs, you done it again. I do have one more beer in the fridge, which I'll probably drink when we're doing our post-show wrap-up stuff or like squeak it in under the wire. Um, as we're wrapping things up, but a brewery that I've always enjoyed when we were cashing out at the beer store with all the beers, the girl that was bringing us, I was like, Oh, like all these beers have like really cool, pretty labels. Like what's your favorite beer you've had from them. And one of the beers that they actually had over the, on the shelf that I didn't grab was their, uh, pineapple upside down cake one. And I was like, that's fantastic. I just didn't buy it because I've had it before and I'm buying all this stuff. But if I go back within the week and it's still there, like I'm buying that to bring it back. Don't go to hidden Springs because Tampa's a bit of a drive. If it was closer, I, I would go there so much. So good. Nice. Nice. Any, any beer follow from anybody else now that you've had a couple more minutes to sip? No. Nope. Okay. Um, I've had I guess, the same three beers, three in a row. Yes, we we talk about the Bantha in the room now. The the aforementioned Ray movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The biggest news from Star Wars Celebration is we will be getting more Ray Skywalker with a solo movie with her uh, being, again, portrayed by Daisy Ridley, setting up the new Jedi Order. Um this movie, which I did pull up, being directed by Charmaine Obey-Chinoy. Uh, 
is going to be the first of these new like three movies being put out to theaters. And also, I I did find the article. Uh, Damon Lindelof was just doing the screenplay and walked mm-hmm. away from it. New screenplay by Stephen Knight. So I'm right. Paul's wrong. Okay. Well, John's wrong because John was. What I no, no, say. no. I was I was definitely there, but I. I think it's being rewritten. I think the screenplay was originally turned in. He then walked away, and it's being rewritten. I, I don't know. Ver- we'll Variety see. reports if, Stephen Knight set to write the screenplay for the movie. Okay. Well, if David Lindelof gets a written by credit on it, then we'll know who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> or he could just get like a maybe producer. Especially if, any, yeah, if anything came things. from that. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, I'm OK with this. I'm hoping that this is going to be something that writes some of the wrongs from Rise of Skywalker, because, man, that movie had some issues. My biggest concern is that I won't get to see uh, Poe coming back oh. and Finn come back. Well, I th- I feel like those two characters were drastically underserved in the trilogy because they set them up so much and so well that they just had the rug pulled out from underneath them. And I do want more because I really did enjoy all of the characters in this movie. And I just wish they had had a chance to grow and do something before it just became, and Palpatine's here again. Okay. That's the end of it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful verging on excitement yeah um i think the the thing that makes me most nervous is that finn isn't mentioned here because like the whole um or as skywalker there's a whole tease that he is force sensitive yeah you know um that that's a secret he's going to tell her like when they're you know going down into the quicksand um then there's like it, it's just a feeling that I have, you know, when he's talking to the other stormtroopers that <clears throat> stop being stormtroopers. Um, and you know, in in John Boyega actually came out and said, "Hey, Disney kind of did everybody a disservice. They had in the promotions for the um, first episode, what eight, seven, episode seven. Um, what is it called again?" Oh, my goodness. Why am I blanking? Force Awakens. Force yeah. Awakens. Thank you. Uh, that, you know, in the promotions, it's John Boyega holding the lightsaber, you know, yeah. that. And then all of a sudden, like, nope, never mind. Like, he's just pushed aside. And then in Rise of the Skywalker, his one line is just yelling Ray. Because yeah. constantly. I unless he's so, been doing a great him amount not being of out on stage as well. It makes me nervous about this with him doing a great amount of deflection. I'd be surprised if he popped up because he's been asked like multiple times in interviews, like, Hey, would you go back to stars? And his answers is like, no, like they, they promised me all the stuff and then it didn't happen. So no, like why, why would I want to go back into that? Like it sounded kind of toxic work environment for him, but yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to like say it was, but it just seemed like he was sold one thing and he bought another. And it's kind of like done with it. Yeah. Well, that's uh, why I'm hopeful. I want to see that relationship get repaired. 
and fixed. Because what is Star Wars other than redemption? No. What actually is really interesting is um, uh, Stephen Knight is a creator and a really kind of cool writer. Like he created Peaky Blinders, um, that Rogue Heroes, that Great Expectations series. See, um, he's done a really a, a couple cool movies, Lockdown. Um, he did that Taboo series, like. Based He's, on the based on the board game with the buzzer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hasbro. So far, know, like Hasbro. like more than half of what you mentioned, I don't have no idea what you're talking about. But yeah, the only one I've heard of is Peaky Blinders, and it was sold to, like I don't want to say sold to me because I just used that for uh, John Boyega. I was told I would like that show, but I just never watched it. And the only reason I was told I would like that show is because I wear a lot of like the the flat caps, and I guess Killian uh, Murphy and like his. Gang of ruffians. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up about the show now. They all wear them, and there's like razor blades in them or something. I don't. Know. Yeah, they're, that's why they're the blinders. They pull the head off and they cut your eyes with the uh, razor blade in their brim. Uh, yeah, no, but I mean, he's um kind of interesting that he's the guy who's writing this because he writes a lot more kind of heavier, darker stuff. So it's um, definitely interesting that he's he's going to be doing this, but also uh, it kind of makes me go, Oh, that, that's kind of interesting. Like it piques my interest. But that was, I, I wrote it down and I didn't really have a lot to say about it, but we got a little bit of more information about one of the other shows coming out, the acolyte where mm-hmm. they refer to it as like, Oh, it's frozen meets kill bill. And that was kind of like, Oh, Oh, like that could be really cool. I, I don't know, but it sounds like two sisters, one that is going to, you know, the dark side and the other one trying to save her. And while she's trying to save the girl that goes to the acolyte that goes to the dark side uh, is on a revenge tear. That's what I got from that. And there was a lot of interviews on Friday with the cast of the acolyte. It seems really cool. It's set in the High Republic era. We know there's going to be a, a, a Wookiee, a Jedi Wookiee in it. Also being uh, being uh, portrayed. The actor that's portraying the Jedi Wookiee is uh, the same guy, uh, Jonas. Uh, Jonas, uh, I'm forgetting his last name, but he's been Chewbacca since. Jonas Satomo. Yeah. That's his name. He's going to be in the Acolyte. Playing a Wookiee. Playing a Wookiee Jedi. And they named the characters as well. They name-checked them. I just don't have anything written down. Yeah, again, I didn't write down a lot for the Acolyte because it seemed like one of those things like you had to be there because they were keeping a lot of it like for the fans there, which is fine. Um, I'm not hurt. I'm only wearing my Star Wars Celebration shirt for nothing, I guess. Chris, uh, if you want to watch like interviews with the whole cast, just turn on Friday's live stream. And basically that's that's what they do for the first couple hours is just interview two to three people at a time that were involved. Nice. I might do that because I did see them all pop up on my YouTube mm-hmm. playlist, but I didn't go back through and watch any of them because I feel like 
from previous Star Wars celebrations, a lot of the interview is just like the actor or director or whatever is like looking over their shoulder mm-hmm. as people are yelling stuff at them. And they're like, what? Yeah, I love you, too. Yeah. Oh, I'm super excited for this project because we get to do uh, more Star Wars. It's like you were there. Um, I just wanted to mention it quick. Uh, are you guys looking forward to Star Wars Vision Season 2? Uh, y- yes and no. I'm looking forward to if the studio's houses that I liked from the first one are doing more. Um, no, I know. It's di- it's different. It's all <laughs> but different. But I'm okay with it, because it's Some all different. Some of them look cool. Like the little teaser I Who's done... Ard- Ardman? Yeah. Like no, there's some that Rommet? look cool. There's that, like, yeah, that claymation one. Um, yeah, no, I am looking forward to checking it out. It seems like this one, they definitely did away with the, like, oh, different anime studios or anime directors doing their take on Star Wars and went a little bit broader with different animation studios. And I think that's kind of cool because some of them do look a lot more interesting, like the Ardman claymation one. Um, the first Star Wars Visions was very hit or miss. Like I was trying to pace myself with it. And then I think I hit a spot where I was just like, I'm going to burn through the rest of these in a day because none of them are hitting as good as like the first I don't one remember, it was like the first one with like the samurai yeah, first one. <laughs> like none of them were like as good as that one. Uh, so at that point, I was just like, "All right, let me let me just watch this so I can say like, hey, I I consumed it." Or see if this something else hits you. Like, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with it. But then again, I say that, but I still haven't watched Visions one because it's all seems since it seems so out of continuity. Because it's these like small tales that won't tie to anything else. I'm like, I'll get to it, but I, know, I haven't. At least watch the the first one. I want to see that one. I want to see uh, Tatooine. Uh, Rhapsody. Tatooine Sun. Uh, or is it Rhapsody? Okay. Um, yeah, Tatooine Rhapsody. Uh, I don't the think it's fun. It's fun. I, I want to see the one about like Toby. It, oh, the droid one. Okay, yeah. yeah. To be one. See that one. At Toby. To be one. T O B one. Toby. I want to see that um, one. Like, there's ones that I know I want to watch, but it's... the thing is, is you can start watching it and you'll know right away whether or not you're going to like it or not. And if you're like, ah, oh, but I still want to watch Visions and I still want to watch Andor. So the it's one like, with it like the constantly the, goes down on my list. The siblings. That kind of like flip like yeah. one star side. I liked that one. That one is pretty decent because yeah, like you said, you'll know when you if you like yeah. it. Yeah, I still want to watch Star Wars uh, Visions or uh, Star Wars uh, Tales of the Jedi. Still have to watch that. Yeah, I've only watched the first one so far, and surprised that that didn't get any announcements that uh, no. of any more. Uh, Dave Filoni uh, mentioned how much he wanted to do it and. He, maybe he thinks he's going to do more, but maybe once Bad Batch is busy. over. Oh, Bad Batch is getting a season three, Chris. Season three confirmed final season. Final season. Uh, that was a w- big callback to like what I had talked about. Weekend Geek, the list. I don't remember when we had mentioned it now. 
But I again, I, I watched the first like premiere of Bad Batch, mm-hmm. and I never went back oh. to it. It's on my list of things to to do. I watched the first season, and I think if, if you're a fan of if you like Clone Wars, then it's a perfect continuation of Clone Wars. I think it's more of a continuation of Clone Wars than Rebels is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, because is it because Rebels has like, a different animation style. Clone Wars yeah. versus Clone Wars. I think Bad Batch, Bad Batch, continues on that same kind of animation style. I think the timeline just syncs up better. I think I really am interested in like, hey, how do you phase out this whole army of clones? And introduce a whole new regiment, and that's what Bad Batch season one starts. I with. pose this to everybody: Did anybody here watch Star Wars Resistance? Because it was no. kind of the same thing. Like it was a animated show. It took place in like a set period of time, and it was like short. It was just like filling in a gap to set up uh, like the rise of the First Order, and then it was done. I never watched any of it. I think I saw part of an episode. Yeah, no, because that was coming on right when um, Rebels kind of was ending. And I was yeah. like, eh, I I got I got Rebels like it didn't sound as good because wasn't it more like about a uh, like a squadron like a it was about they weren't pod racers, but it was like a bunch of people that raced like starships living on like a space station. And then, like, the First Order, like, comes to power, and some of the people that live on the spaceship, like, oh, well, Resistance is for me. And then some of them are like, well, First Order is for me. And it's like, where do you go when the line's drawn kind of thing? Yeah, it didn't interest me. Again, that's just what I know about it. I never watched Macross. Or Or uh, Robotech, if you're an American. (laughs) Sorry. No, the same show. Paul, you're not wrong by saying that because it's like, but, uh, yeah, Matt because uh, apparently with resistance, what happened, it's a bunch of stunt pilots or race pilots. I, I could have been, again, I've never watched it. I just, oh. this is all like third hand story. And you haven't so. watched Robotech or. No, Robotech. I have not. Okay, then never mind. Then I won't try to make the comparison. You're not going to ruin if, it for me, Paul. That's what you're worried about. Well,. The thing is with uh, both of them, it's like stunt pilots are, you know, are out there. And then all of a sudden the area that they're living in makes a jump to light speed. So apparently the space station that they're at makes a jump to light speed and then are out in this other part of space. And then they have to deal with it, much like Robotech. (laughs) So I, I am interested in it. But I just haven't gotten there in my rewatch timeline yet. But you will watch it. I will watch it eventually. Much like Bed Batch Season 3. Um, what was the other big announcements? That We got the three movies. We got Ahsoka. We got Acolyte. Uh, we got There was Bed more Batch information about Skeleton Crew. Oh, yeah. The, the Jude Law series uh, confirmed... And I, I feel like they said this before, but John Watts, who did Spider-Man Far From Home and Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, will be doing like episodes of that. I don't think like the whole thing, but he'll be directing on that side. 
which I'm excited for that because, again, they just keep kind of mentioning it's like, oh, it's basically Goonies meets Star Wars, which, yeah, that that should be really good. And we know which pirates because we saw them in Mandalorian. Yeah. I'm still hoping at some point within the near future we get a live-action Hondo and Naka. Like, Mm. he's a character that just is big. Where? Galaxy's Edge, when you go into Smuggler's Run. Oh, sweetheart, that's just a, an audio animatronic. Yeah, that's live action, though. <laughs> I'm alive. I'm looking I at it. I am alive! It's in action. Pirates. Is it? See Chewbacca on the bridge. I'm alive, pirate. <laughs> that's a brief approximation of what he says. Mm-hmm. I need a flight crew. And my final beer of the night is a brief approximation of a Tiger's Blood uh, cocktail. I've never had this. I've only had beers inspired by it. Uh, This is a sour with strawberry, coconut, watermelon, and lactose. Uh, This one also, I think it was 7% ABV. They printed so small on here. 5.5%. Drunk test. You can't read it. 5.5%. Uh, probably my least favorite of the the four beers I've had tonight. Um, I guess yes, I could probably pick out those flavors if I had enough time to really like dig into this, finish it, have another one, and be like, mm, maybe coconut. Um, I don't think I could tell you this was strawberry, coconut, and watermelon flavored. It's good though. Like I'm already like halfway through it, and, like the five minutes I've been drinking it, so that's always a good thing. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You sound like uh, me. I'm very, very. So what was, what was your favorite your favorite announcement at this? Like, what's the thing that you went, oh, oh, wow, I can't wait for that? I don't know if I have a favorite announcement. Uh, from the panels... Can I say that? Like, I really enjoyed. If you guys go back, look for the uh, Creature Cantina panel. I really enjoyed that because that actually brought out a bunch of the people that just create the suits and create the creatures and like hook up all the servos and the mask. And they actually bring people from the audience up and they put them in the suits. And they have another person like puppeteering with the remotes and like do a Star Wars scene like, you know, uh, and I thought that was really interesting because that's what I enjoyed uh, from last year watching the live stream of Star Wars Celebration. And this year is they don't just bring out the actors and the directors to do interviews or to do, you know, presentations and panels. They bring out the people that work in the background, that do the character design, that do the concept work, that do the the background, you know, set design. And they get as big of a cheer when they come out as Hayden Christensen and um, Ewan McGregor. You know, it's, I I think it's really rewarding, not just for the fans, but the people that work so tirelessly on the back end that get that opportunity to get, be appreciated and share their craft. And, I don't know. I think it's inspiring to me that, you know, I tinker around in the basement on things and that these are people that 
as kids tinker around in their garage in the basement and they create they they now work in Star Wars, you know, doing Star Wars stuff. And that's probably my favorite thing about Star Wars Celebration. Um I not the answer I was expecting, but a very good answer that I won't be able to follow because no perfect. I mean when I was at Celebration in twenty seventeen, uh Doug Chang, the oh, guy yeah. that does all Lead of the content the guy that does the concept art for Star Wars. Like if you've watched Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, like all of the artwork that you see on the end credits, like that's his artwork. Like he got brought on board in uh for like Phantom Menace and he was doing concept art for that. And like he's been with the company ever since then. Like he came through the line. I didn't get to like talk to him or meet him, but it was kind of one of those like Starstruck moments where he was like, that's Doug Chang. Like, oh my gosh, like there's a great YouTube uh, video. There's two or three of them. It's him talking to somebody from, I think, Wired. I think it's on the Wired YouTube. And he goes through, like, the design of all the starships that have ever been on screen, like in the live act, in the motion pictures. And he goes through the design of each one. And he also went through the design of each and every Stormtrooper outfit in another video. That's cool. So. I, those I would, are really interesting. I would right? watch that. I will watch that. I have watched them more than once because they're, I mean, they're great. Besides Marvel with Andy Park, because uh, he's an artist that I just follow on Instagram, like I can't tell you any other concept artists that have done any other stuff that I know and love. But if I saw Doug Chang or Andy Park like out somewhere, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like thank you, like. Wow. That's awesome. That's cool. So, John, John, do you you have a favorite? favorite? I like the Soka trailer. Um, I I put a little star next to it when John asked, because my favorite thing is there's a new timeline for Star Wars, and I do want to see, like, how they kind of shift things around and what becomes, like, the new Republic or the age of rebellion. Like where are we with the Mandalorian? Cause mm. is that technically new Republic now, or is that going to be like the rise of the first order kind of stuff? Like, I don't know. I think this season definitely puts it in the, uh, new Republic because of the bureaucracy that we have seen that has built up I, with the, I love that stuff yeah. where it's like, uh, Dr. Pershing just like, there's good stuff in here. You just want me to destroy this? It's like, yeah, it's Imperial. And and Teva going to be like, hey, can I get like some backup to like help out this planet? Like, because we need a strike. And they're like, yeah. are they paying their like union to, dues? Like <laughs> they didn't sign the charter, so they're not part of the Republic. So also shout out for Tim Meadows. Did not expect to see him pop up in that. <laughs> This, you know, I, I really, I had a debate with a super friend of the show, Ed, uh, just this past weekend about this whole thing. And I'm like, no, Star Wars is now showing that it's not just a fight between good and evil, because life isn't like that. It's a fight between good and allowing evil to persist because yeah. of inaction. Just, inaction and the bureaucracy of things like we just allow it to breed and you're seeing that with 
the new episodes of The Mandalorian. He's like, yeah, I, I haven't li- enjoyed it. And I'm like, OK, I can understand it. Because if you don't like that nuance, if you want Star Wars to just be good versus evil and not and that's why people, I think, don't like the sequel tr- trilogy as well is because there's the Star Wars. They try to bring in that nuance of like DJ, the character DJ and. Like, well, don't join, you know. Yeah, I would, say, I would say that this season hasn't been my favorite of Mandalorian, <laughs> but with Andor, there's so much political stuff going on in that that it's like I do like that. And I have liked those moments in. There's been moments that I have liked in. The new Mandalorian, but I haven't loved this season. This season seems like it's set up for everything that's coming than just Mandalorian. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. I like this season, but I do agree where it's a lot of setup, but I am excited to see where it does wind up going. So I can kind of forgive it for that because it's still very engaging. I'm... I like, feel like last season, out. season two had a lot of setup of like, oh, we're introducing Ahsoka in the season. We're introducing this concept. We're bringing in freaking spoilers, Luke Skywalker. Like yeah. it seemed like it was like so outside of itself in the second season like this. I'm like, oh, man, we're going to have to go through like eight episodes of him trying to get to Mandalore and then find the stupid cave and that's wrapped up it's in the first two episode. episodes. And I'm like, all right, we're moving. I, we're grooving. I'll say, like, I already knew Bo-Katan from watching Clone Wars. But seeing Bo-Katan in live action made me be like, like, Katie Sackhoff's, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this character. Like, anytime you go to Disney Springs, like, they're selling, like, the replica, like, Bo-Katan helmets. <laughs> and I'm like... I get a discount for being a pass holder. Like, do I need a Bo-Katan helmet on my shelf? I don't, guys. Wait, how I much don't. does that cost? Does it cost a Starbucks? Uh, it's one Starbucks. Did it. But when, when, when you buy it, it, it hurts. It stinks. It's almost like you got bit by a viper. Um, oh. Can I, I say, I was, there, we didn't talk about this announcement, but the Young Jedi, uh, the animated super series. cute. It looks cute, but the long, the 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 uh, the long swords. What are they called? Oh, for, Chris, you read the first. The the uh, long bows. What, what what's the ships called in I, the New Republic? Like the or long the striders or something? I don't remember. It might be long bows. Yeah, I don't remember. But they like, look the, so much like vipers. Yeah, I, I'm a little upset by that. Anyways. Hmm. If they bring Edward James almost into voice, like the the commander of that, does that forgive it for you? I don't know. I I like Star Wars. I like talking about Star Wars, guys. We'll get to do it again soon because we're coming up to May 4th, which is going to be our big Star Wars ranking. Uh, We're building a tier list. We're picking the best Star Wars. So... Look forward to hearing that and possibly seeing it because I might record that one and put it up on the YouTube because we do still have YouTube. But, John, 
Are you excited to read your uh, trading policy book? Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, I was 100% down for passing it out this week and doing uh, the Star Wars Star Wars Star Wars celebration. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to um, uh, Tom um, Supergirl. Tom King. Tom King Supergirl. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've had a lot to drink. They're called Vectors. <laughs> Not Vipers, but Vectors. Uh, I thought they were Vipers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, next episode, guys, we will be sitting down to talk about Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. So pick up that trade paperback if you want to read along. We've, we'll have already read it by the time we talk about it. But, you know, listen in, because this is kind of our book club with the monthly uh trade and policies here that we do but guys hey thanks for hanging out and so say we all <laughs>